Uh, we'll welcome each and every one of you uh, from wherever you're watching today uh, to our service. Uh, my name is Travis, I'm one of the pastors here and it is so good to have you with us. Uh, we've actually got a great service in store. We've got uh, Gabriel from Open Doors going to be our guest speaker today, continuing our series through the letter of 1 Peter. Uh, if you're not familiar with Open Doors, they're an organization that supports our persecuted, church, our persecuted churches and persecuted Christians um, around the world. And in light of easing restrictions, I actually hope that many of you have taken the opportunity this week to actually meet together, to do church online in community with each other. Isn't that a great way of doing that? Uh, And if you haven't yet ventured out of your household, really encourage you to think about doing that, uh, organizing that ahead of next weekend, uh, if you are comfortable and safe to do so. Uh, But before we jump into a time of worship together, I think it's fair to say that the past few months have been... uh, a time of massive upheaval um, and disruption in our lives. And alongside the hard parts of this experience, there is genuine opportunity for us to stop and to reflect, to listen and to ask God, where do we go from here? Everyone keeps talking about a new normal on the other side of this. And I think therein lies the God opportunity for us. What is God saying to us each and together as a community What should we stop, start, or change as we return to whatever that new normal is? Well, if you receive our e-newsletter, you would have seen a reflection resource that we put together um, for you, and you can uh, download that on the link below if you're not part of our e-newsletter. This is a resource that's designed to help you ask some of those questions. You can fill that out uh, on your own, maybe do that as a family group, even in small groups, as you think through where to from here. Uh, And for us as a pastoral team, as we plan for the future as a church community, we'd actually love to hear some of those reflections. So please do uh, send them through um, once you've done that exercise, uh, knowing that we will, of course, treat those with uh, the highest level of confidentiality. But right now, let's worship together as a church community. So I invite you to uh, stand or wherever you are uh, as Joe and Sam and Meher and Dave uh, lead us in a time of worship. I've, I've really missed us singing as a congregation of a Sunday morning and, and as we can't come together and sing, this morning or this afternoon I'd like you to, to just imagine what it will be like in heaven when we are all singing in great multitudes and worshipping our Heavenly Father. What an honour and a privilege that will be. So will you stand with me, will you close your eyes, will you just envision heaven and yeah, the people standing around you singing and praising the Lord. Let's, yeah, let's stand and worship the Lord together. Who you are, you are here. 
don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I By the power of your 
I am finishing 8th grade and I'm going into high school at CAJ. I'm Matthew Des. I'm in grade 5 or finishing grade 5, going to grade 6. Hi, I'm Colleen. Welcome to our home in Japan. Hi, my name's Bryce and we are the McKay family and we're working with OM in Japan. My favorite Japanese food would be yakiniku, where they serve you a plate of meat and you're able to fry it in front of yourself. Uh, it's probably yeah, the food from this one ramen restaurant called Tikumai Sentai Buta Ranger, or in English, that'd be Deco Squadron Pig Ranger, which does not sound as fun to say. And they have 
Delicious ramen. What's the best place you've been to in Japan? So far, it's probably been uh, at Yamanakako in front of Mount Fuji. Both Haribara and Yamanakako, they, they're tied for top. Before the coronavirus, I was um, substitute teaching at the local Christian school, and I was also um, meeting up with other local ladies and also um, learning Japanese at a local community centre. Coronavirus hasn't affected my team too much in that uh, they still can't travel uh, to help the countries around the world that are inspiring people into God's mission, but we have been able to gather stories and resources that uh, are telling of what God's doing in amazing times like this in lockdown, uh, how we've been able to take things online, and how we're still seeing people uh, come to know Jesus. It's been a, a crazy time with the coronavirus, with the boys being home and having to work. Uh, but thankfully the school was all set up for that, and they just brought their Chromebooks home and uh, kept on working. Uh, they do miss their friends a lot, but uh, we are looking forward to getting back to normal. And one of the other bonuses is being able to see you in the church there on your live stream. Uh, it's been fantastic to be able to watch those videos and to see familiar faces and to, to see a whole new dynamic. We look forward to being home sometime and hopefully the travel will open up again uh, at the end of this year and we might be able to see you soon. So God bless and again, thank you for all your prayers and support. See ya. Hi church. Um, it's my privilege to share God's word with you today, which is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in, your, in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal, not even as a meddler. However, if you suffer for being a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. For it is the time of judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. This is God's word. Well, hello everyone. My name is Gabe and I'm so excited to be with you today. To be honest, I would have loved to be with you in person uh, shake your hands, give you hugs, but as we all know, that's not going to happen. So I'm grateful that we're still able to meet, that we're still able to worship our God together. And to be honest, I've loved listening to your pastors as they've been unpacking 1 Peter. And I'm excited to share with you what I have prepared around the persecuted church and the reality of persecution today. I've been working with Open Doors for around a year and a half now, and it's been incredible it's been an incredible honor to hear the stories and meet some of our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. See, when I first heard about Open Doors, I was 15, back in Switzerland, where I'm originally from. So in case you're a bit confused already about my accent, that's why. I grew up in Switzerland, came here when I was 19. My mom's Italian. I married uh, my wife, Olivia, who's American English and Irish. 
uh, and we live in Australia. So that's the reason for this confusion in here. Um, I just wanted to say that so you're not thinking about it throughout the whole message. So when I was 15, I heard about Open Doors for the first time, and I remember sitting in a youth camp and my life and faith really being transformed from the stories I heard from Open Doors. Understanding that there's Christians around the world that sacrifice everything for Jesus made me really question my own faith, made me question, am I as committed as I say I am? And over the last 11 years, that's really been my journey. I look back and I can confidently say that the persecuted church has been a key mentor to my faith in my life. The main thing that the persecuted church has taught me is that we're all called to be unmistakable Jesus followers. Timely for this series, I know. See, it's when Jesus becomes worth everything to you that it becomes unmistakable to everyone around you that you're one of his followers. So let me pray um, before we get into this passage today. Lord, we're so grateful for your love. We're grateful to be in relationship with you and we praise you that we're able to share around your word. Lord, as we open the scripture today, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would um, pierce our hearts and that the message of your word, but also the stories of the persecuted church would transform the way we live our lives, the way we engage with you and deepen our relationship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at this passage. In verse 12, we pick it up. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. See, it's strange to them because for so much, Christians have understood them to be set apart by God. And so that's the first message is we're able to be in relationship with the creator of the universe. So why are we being persecuted? Why is God not rescuing us from this? And this is really what this letter, this passage is all about. Understanding that Jesus is in the midst of our suffering and that it's not strange that as followers of Jesus, we will be persecuted. A young woman in India said this, Don't be afraid when persecution comes to you. It's part of the Christian life. It's a privilege to be persecuted. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can say that statement as an encouragement when I read passages like these. And it makes sense in my head to say, because of even passages in Matthew where it says, blessed are the persecuted. It's a blessing to be persecuted. But if you are in the midst of that, Baya, a 22-year-old woman, has lost everything. She's been kicked out of her village because of her faith in Jesus. And for her to say that, make that statement, is such a testimony and to be honest is the key or the most important part of the partnership with the persecuted church. See, hearing the testimonies of our persecuted brothers and sisters make passages like these come to life. For me, it's hard to relate to this because I'm not suffering from my faith. But hearing that a 22-year-old woman in India today is suffering for her faith and the fact that she can hold on to passages like these in hope is so, so encouraging. Verse 14 is key for that. It says, if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. I want to tell you another story where that truth of that passage becomes so real. It's the story of a girl named Susan. 
She lives in Uganda. She's 14 years old. And when a traveling preacher, a traveling evangelist is coming through the village, she hears for the first time about Jesus. For three hours, she hears the gospel and gives her life to Jesus. Full of joy, she runs home and wants to tell her dad what had happened. When her dad hears that her daughter had become a Christian, he got furious. He threatened her life and he emptied out the room in the house, put a mat on the floor and said, Susan, you stay on this mat until you're ready to deny your faith in Jesus. He locked the door and left Susan there for three months. For three months, Susan stayed in that room, only surviving because her younger brother would fry up banana on the pan and slide it under the door, pour water on the ground for Susan to lap up. After three months, the security, the securities of the village found Susan and rushed her to the hospital where open doors bumped into her. And with the help of open doors, she's been on, the, on her way of recovery for 12 months. See, her bones had grown in the shape she was laying on the floor. And her hair had yellowed because of the lack of sunlight. When our team met with her, one of, one of us asked them, asked Susan, sorry, why didn't you stand up in that room? No one would have seen you. And Susan, without missing a bead, responded and said, no, 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 you don't understand. My dad said, if I get up from the mat, that means I'm not a Christian. And I couldn't do that. Every time she talked about her faith or the Bible, her face would light up. Full of joy, she would share about her relationship with Jesus and how grateful she was to Jesus. See, I think the question Kathy asked last week is so crucial. The question was, if you have set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, how does that impact your witness of him? And I think that's an important question to continue pondering on because when I think of things I'm passionate about in my life, different joys and hobbies I have, there's a lot of them that I could go on and talk to about for a long time. But then I wonder sometimes, what does it sound like when someone asks me about Jesus? When someone asks me about my faith? And so the story of Susan is one of the first ones I heard at my time at Open Doors, but it stuck with me. Because even through the trials and sufferings she's experienced, she's able to come out the other side and praise her God like no one else. And so that's what I think is an incredible lesson we can learn from the persecuted church. And it's the truth that comes so clearly when we read verses like, if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed for the spirit of glory and that God rests on you. See, it's an encouragement to know that Christians around the world like Susan are bold in their faith and confession of Christ even though facing incredible suffering. As a ministry, Open Doors has been helping people follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost, for 65 years. We do that by going to the hardest places first, come alongside our local church partners, and making sure that they have what they need to continue sharing their faith so boldly with their communities. See, this could look like resources to run training and discipleship courses marriage counseling courses, alpha courses, a lot of courses, but also coming alongside them with rebuilding our churches, giving them an ability to remain and keep the Christian presence in areas like the Middle East. In Sri Lanka, when the bombings happened last year, we were able to come alongside 80 families that were affected because of it 
with trauma care counseling. They're making sure that they're able to walk through the season with their head held up. During COVID-19, we've been able to give a lot of Christians, thousands of families, basic needs like food, items, and medication because they're simply denied access to those because of their faith in Jesus. You can put it like this. What they need, I give. What they learn, I need. See, what the persecuted church needs, we can give. We're working in over 70 countries coming alongside the 260 million Christians that are suffering for their faith today. But what they're learning in that time is what we need. And so as Open Doors, we're working to unite the global body of Christ, making sure that we know what's going on, that we can come alongside and help our persecuted brothers and sisters, but also learn from their experiences and be stronger in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus. This next slide is the World Watch List. The World Watch List is a map that we create every year with the 50 most dangerous countries, where we look at what persecution looks like in these countries and how we're helping Christians there. So if you go to our website, you can get the whole map. You can look at every country, understand why people are being persecuted and what we're doing to help them. As a ministry, we don't exist to end persecution, which might sound shocking, but let me explain. It's because so many of the people we serve say, you know, it'd be easy. We can just stop persecution by stop sharing Jesus. If we don't talk about Jesus, if we don't live out our Christianity, persecution stops. But that's not the point. We want our persecutors to meet the love and forgiveness of Jesus. I find that so inspiring and challenging for my own life. Would I react like that? Would I respond like that? We're going to watch a really inspiring story of a partner of ours, Pastor Rohan in India. Check out his testimony. செய்வதற்கு நான் அர்ப்பணிச்சேன் ஆனா இருந்தாலும் கூட அந்த சபையை ஆரம்பிக்கணும் ஒரு சேலஞ்சா இருக்கணும் அப்படின்னு தான் அதை ஆரம்பிச்சேன் ஏழு வருஷம் நான் வந்து பர்சனல் எவாஞ்சலிசம் சில்ட்ரன்ஸ் மினிஸ்ட்ரி இது மாதிரி தான் செஞ்சிட்டு இருந்தேன் அது மூலமா தான் என்னன்னா ஒரு முப்பது பேர் என்ன பண்ணாங்க இயேசு ஏற்றுக்கிட்டாங்க அதன் பிறகுதான் ரெண்டாயிரத்தி எட்டுல அந்த இடத்துல சபையை என்ன பண்ணோம் ஸ்தாபித்தேன் அதன் பிறகு ஒரு குறிப்பிட்ட இரவு நேரத்தில் விடிய காலத்தில் எனக்கு ஒரு கால் வந்தது இது மாதிரி சபை எரிந்து கொண்டு இருக்குன்னு நான் என்ன பண்ணேன்னா அதை பார்க்கும்போது ஃபுல்லாக தீ எரிஞ்சிட்டு இருந்தது தான் பார்த்தேன் மற்றபடி ஒன்றுமே பார்க்க முடியல அது என்னென்ன ஒரு மாதிரி பெட்ரோல் மற்றபடி கிராஸ் முதல் கொண்டு எல்லாமே சாம்பல் ஆயிடுச்சு அப்போ என்ன யோசித்தா கத்தர் கொடுத்தா கத்தர் எடுத்துக்கொண்ட நேசத்தின் 
அப்போசன் ஆகிய பவுல் யாக்கோப்புக்கு எழுதின நிருபம் ஒன்றாம் அதிகாரம் ரெண்டிலிருந்து நான்கு வரை என் சகோதரரே நீங்கள் பலவிதமான சோதனைகளில் அகப்படும் பொழுது உங்கள் விசுவாசத்தின் பரட்சியானது பொறுமையை உண்டாக்கும் என்று அறிந்து அதை மிகுந்த சந்தோஷமாக எண்ணுங்கள் நீங்கள் ஒன்றிலும் குறைவுள்ளவர்களாயிராமல் பூரணராயும் நிறைவுள்ளவர்களாயும் இருக்கும்படி பொறுமையானது பூரண கிரியை செய்யக்கடவது I find it so inspiring to hear stories like Rohan's because you know it encourages me that what we're doing is making a difference. We're actually able to unite the church around the world. The free church here in Australia is able to come alongside churches like Rohan's, making sure that they're able to rebuild their buildings but also we can hear his testimonies so that we can be inspired and strengthened in our faith here in Australia. So what can you do to be a part of that? You can subscribe to the Survival of the Persecuted Church for $39 a month. See, we have so many subscriptions in our lives. Personally, I do. For entertainment, Netflix, for my music, Spotify, and then for my apps that I have for workout apps and all these different subscriptions. But I want to encourage you to consider to match one of those subscriptions. It doesn't have to be $39. If you want to do more, please do. If you, if you can't do $39 but have to do less, that's fine. But it'd be to match a subscription so that we remind ourselves that we can actually make a difference in the persecuted part of the body of Christ being here in Australia. Coming alongside the Ministry of Open Doors is joining the adventure of the global church. It's hearing incredible testimonies of God moving miraculously in desperate times. And it is enabling us to play our part in connecting the body of Christ. Because you see, if the church doesn't help the church who will and so you can do this right now you can go to opendoors.org.au forward slash subscribe you can do it from your couch on your phone i'd really encourage you start filling out the application pray with your partner and become a monthly uh, partner with the ministry it helps us to come alongside people like susan rebuilding churches for pastors like rohan but also coming alongside Christians in desperate times like this season of COVID-19 that are literally desperate to get the next meal on the table. So let me pray as we close. Lord, we're grateful for the freedom we have in this country. We pray that you would strengthen us and use us as vessels. Lord, that we would share the love and forgiveness and hope we have in you with the people around us. Lord, I pray that you would make us bold ambassadors of you, ambassadors of heaven here on earth. And Jesus, I pray that you would walk with us individually, that you would come and help us to become closer and deeper followers of Jesus, of you. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, church, for having me. I want to say a big thank you to your pastors and leaders for valuing and honoring the persecuted church in this way. I hope to see you soon in person. God bless.
Thank you so much for joining with us today and, and thank you, Gabe, for sharing with us. You know, our persecuted brothers and sisters have so much to teach us about what it means to follow Jesus with or without the support of culture. Their courage and their faith are a constant challenge and an inspiration to me, and I hope that's been true of you today as well. If you'd like to find out more about the work of Open Doors or what our believers around the world experience simply for bearing the name of Jesus, then follow the links that we've placed below this video and maybe even consider what it might mean for you to support their important work. Next week, Steve's going to wrap up our series through the book of 1 Peter, which means there's uh, one more week of our devotional guide. Uh, so make sure you download that and uh, work your way through that this week. Um, and, and yeah, I pray you're really blessed uh, in that as well. Uh, as always, we hope that you've been uh, encouraged and inspired uh, to keep following Jesus this week. So bless you in his mighty name.